0: Welcome to the Soul Journeys Podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record Training School in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back everyone to the
1: Great Awakening Podcast. I am your host Jennifer Longmore and today I'm excited to introduce you to Jacqueline Holmes. She is a holistic money healer, abundance coach, and accounting systems consultant for spiritual online entrepreneurs. Her mission is to help heart-centered souls experience abundance and transform their relationship with new money while empowering people to dismantle the 3D money matrix in order to build New Earth Economies. And we're going to share with you in a little bit how you can learn more about what Jacqueline's up to and how you can stay in touch with her on social media. But for now, I want to extend an official warm welcome.
2: Thank you. Hi. For me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we were chatting a little bit about, you know, the the lay of the land before we hopped in. I think before we do that, though, it'll be cool for people listening to hear a little bit about how did you what are some pivotal things that caused you to, first of all, get into the money piece of things and then start the open mind society?
2: Yeah. So, um, really my money manifestation, or I guess my money mindset work really, um, took a turn when my fiance and I actually manifested, um, a couple lottery wins. So, um, in nine months we manifested, just over $200,000 on scratch tickets. Um, and that obviously like changed our life and, cha- and it also changed my perspective on money. Um, and so at first I really started out, you know, teaching people the skill of like manifestation, but then as my work deepened, I recognized that the system we're actually playing with is a matrix, right? It's, it's a money matrix. Um, everything that we're taught about money, ever, the value that we're told to place on money has been um, has been a, a, we've been provided like a false truth, essentially. Right. So my work now really has morphed into, of course, helping people. With their personal power and their energy around money, but also recognizing things that are valuable and and, um, having them redefine their own personal definition of money and their own personal definition of value. So now my work looks so much more like getting paid for your spiritual gifts, really starting to build these new earth, what I consider new earth economies, where rather than... um, perpetuating the system that we've had with the U.S. dollar, with taxation, with, um, you know, the federal government using our tax dollars for war and and perpetuating that same system. How can we really create like a new economy where people aren't being exploited? Um, Everyone is earning money through their sole purpose. Um, And that's really what led me into the Open Mind Society. That was my best way to really converge what I, what I believe at my core about free speech, what I believe at my core about like censorship and all of that kind of stuff with also providing people almost like a new network, a new social networking, um, where they get massive value from all of our content creators, but also everyone is benefiting. Um, all of our creators are financially benefiting from it. We, that was really my answer to this. Um, how do I create something tangible? How do I actually create a new system rather than utilizing old systems that have been provided to us? So that's a little brief background <laughs> on how I got into this. Mm-hmm. Well, first of
1: all, congrats on the lottery. That must've been yeah. fun, right? Especially, yeah, was, but, you know, I, I think though, and I'd love your opinion on this. Like, I think we have different categories of what to do with money, right? So when we've earned it, I feel like we have a different relationship with it than if we've inherited it or Mm. if we've won it at the casino or on a lottery ticket, Mm. or if we find it on the street, did you find that that happened for you when you won it? Did you have any of those things that you had to untangle about if this happened so easy,
2: like uh, it can't be this easy or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was actually on the, on the back of a six month period of basically being the brokest I had ever been in my entire life. I had quit my, um, my nine to five job where I was kind of climbing the corporate ladder. I was, um, I was like playing the game and, you know, really trying to do the things I was taught to do. Go to I, I went to college. I was getting my master's degree. I was, you know, on my way to getting promoted and all of that kind of stuff. And then just kind of up and quit one day and decided to start my own business and then experienced this like really deep period of scarcity and this really deep period of like um, analyzing my own self-worth because I, real- I realized so much of my self-worth had been derived from like my performance at work. And um, how, and, and what I do for money. You know what I mean? Um, did I earn this money? Did I earn what I'm doing? Um, that all of those questions had to just be completely blown up. So um, that win actually, came, the first win actually came during a period where we really, we needed the money. We were really deep in, I don't want to say we were deep in scarcity consciousness, although like looking back, we definitely were, but we were deep in like financial need. And the money showed up and it showed up in this like completely life-changing way for us where, you know, it, it really changed like the course of um, the course of my, my life really, but it, it definitely did um, like the money I'm earning now, I can honestly say is so much more of a pure frequency because I'm earning it through empowering other, I feel like I'm earning it through my soul's purpose, if that makes sense. And so I really feel like that point was less about like me having, having that amount of money, if that makes sense. It was more about how can I like have this experience and learn so much about money in such a short amount of time from having this happen multiple times and then be able to learn and like alchemize that to be able to help other people, because that is a really big thing too with, um, that I help a lot of people with is um, a lot of people's first experience into having a large amount of money came through a settlement. It came through um, a deceased relative leaving them money. It came through like a windfall of some sort. Um, And so many people have, um, you know, because if you're earning money in your business, usually that looks more like gradual growth, right? If you're, if you're working a job and you're saving up and you're getting promoted, that's a gradual growth, but having a lump sum of money handed to you, really shocks your nervous system. So I definitely learned a lot from it. And obviously now I could say I would do things totally different, but you know, I was 23, we had a ton of fun with it and it totally changed my perspective on what money actually is and how it really is a game, a matrix for us to be able to hack. It really is Um, As simple as that too. And I feel like the less I care about money, the less I tie it to my self worth, the less I actually think it's real, the more I know it's a made up concept. And we're just all kind of playing this game while we're having this 3d experience. um, Like the easier it is for me. So yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So when did your,
1: like you started your business, you were having some, I'll say bumps in the road and then something would have shifted. So what was that? And what do you feel
2: contributed to that? Yeah, well, I, um, I really played around with, um, my intuitive process around numbers. So like, it's really hard to explain. I know some people when they're, when they say like they're psychic and things like that, or they say they're intuitive, Um, you know, they get visions, they have clear audience, all of that kind of stuff. I felt like my introduction into my spiritual gifts was really with numbers. So I had been writing down before we ended up bringing it into the physical, I had actually been writing down $98,375 for a couple months um, before he, um, my fiance brought home the ticket with $100,000 on it. And so um, I would say like that, like Trusting that intuitive process um, was something. But um, the other part of it was honestly just surrender. Um, it was, I remember it was June 1st, and I had enough money. We had enough money for bills through June 30th. And um, my my one client I had in my business, we were ending the project. That's basically how I had been surviving so far. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember saying like, whatever to happen to happen, I'll find out at the end of the month, like what I'm going to do, but I'm just, I'm not going to stress about it now. It was literally more, it was more damaging for me to sit and like stew in my financial stress and just sit around and like um, perpetuate that energy rather than letting it go. And like, almost like giving that energy up to allow something else to show up. So definitely like surrendering, the financial reality that was right in front of my face, I basically had to completely ignore it. You know, I had to literally pretend like it wasn't there just to release that resistance I had to more money coming in.
1: That makes sense. And, um, I can see how, because if you've already hacked it, right. And you understand the codes of it, it's kind of easier to detach, even if it doesn't make sense. So I love that you share that, right. Cause everyone's money yeah. journey is so fascinating. Like I think you may know, I teach about money all the time. And it's, it's always so fascinating to me to see the dance that we do with it, especially, but especially now though, and I'd love your take on this because this is something I grapple Mm -hmm. with. This is something that all of my clients grapple with and, and friends and colleagues and so on, really any of us that are awake, right? Like here we are having to play in this 3d system that's run by Freemason Decepticons and so we keep bashing the system and talking about how we want out of the system, but
2: Mm. I
1: don't know how else we get out of it. Like we can go cold Turkey, I guess. Right. But for most of us, we're accustomed to a certain way of living. So how do we navigate this 3d reality with money play within that matrix and create this other 5d reality over here?
2: Yeah, I, lo- I love that you brought up um, the Freemason aspect of it, too, because that, that is extremely relevant to um, like the spell a lot of people are under with money. Um, so personally, you know, personally, what I do is um, invest in other assets that aren't going to depreciate in value when the value of the dollar inevitably goes to zero. Um, through either hyperinflation or through um, just like a sim- simple mass exodus of utilizing the dollar. Maybe that looks like crypto or looks like other things. But um, for me, um, precious metals, gold and silver are always like that to me is r- real money. That's what I consider um, re- real currency. And that's what. So, okay. So I think like it's difficult to fully give yourself to one system when you have the awareness that there's something better on the horizon. But the reality is a new currency isn't here yet, right? A lot of people want want to make like Bitcoin or crypto that the next currency, in my opinion, and um, with like the intuitive process I've had with this, I feel like so the dollar the us dollar is just like falsely propped up by a house of cards a freemason ritual um however you want to conceptualize that that's that's going to collapse and then our our energy with money we're going to need to bring money through all the way down to the root chakra in order to be able to create a true a new currency a truly new currency so While I think Bitcoin is like a really great idea or like crypto and blockchain technology and all of that kind of stuff really makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. I think that um, having something tangible that you can hold in your hand, a tangible asset for yourself um, or just starting to question what is valuable, right? What, What is value? And when you look at... The Canadian dollar, you look at the US dollar, and you see a piece of paper, and you see a number on it, what does that actually mean? And what does that actually tie to? Um, because the reality is a new currency isn't here yet, we're going to be creating it. And that might not happen in our lifetimes, you know, the collapse of the dollar and all of that kind of stuff that might not happen in our lifetime, but it, it might as well. So in order to create something new, we have to take what was good about the other, the other currencies that we already have available to us and then like bring in a new currency, right. But I think that where we can start is by diver- like diversifying what we actually consider assets, what we actually consider currency. And I do that through um, like holding gold and silver, like physical gold mm. and silver. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is hard to find nowadays, you know, cause you kind of had to start thinking about that kind of stuff a couple years ago um, gold and silver are way more expensive than they used to be a couple years ago, but i um, still just asking yourself that question and seeing how you're intuitively guided to like separate out your assets other than just like physical, like chasing the cash or just holding a lot of cash, holding a lot of numbers in your bank account. Like that's the best place to start really. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is we are still playing with this game, right? We are still, I can't call my landlord or I can't call my cell phone company and say, I want to pay you in crystals this month, or I want to pay you in this, right? Like all all of our, uh, our 3D reality is so like built on that structure and built on the matrix. But I think that we're hitting a point where so many people are waking up to the deceptions of the financial system and all of that, that, it really can't be too much longer at this point before there is some sort of separation between people that want to just continue using the old system and those of us that want to create something new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you've been picking up on this. So for those of you that are listening, it's depending on when you listen to this, this is being recorded at the end of August in 2021. And uh, many of us have been feeling like, especially with the astro influences right now, that they're going to create some sort of, they're going to call it a cyber attack, but of course it'll be an inside job. But we're kind of expecting that in September. Is that something that you're picking up on as well? Or are you getting any intel about any
2: impending uh, massive disruptions to the financial system? Yeah, I've I've definitely been um, considering my life without internet let's say that um I haven't I haven't exactly pinpointed um just like with my intuitive process specifically what that looks like but we've been pre-programmed we've we've already seen the the programming for a cyber attack right so it would be silly of us not to pay attention to the programming that's already been presented to us right but I also think that the programming is getting more um articulate. It's getting more sophisticated so that it's more difficult to decipher what's real and what's not. But I definitely definitely feel like the chaos that we've seen, it's not stopping. I think if anything, it's like the momentum is speeding up, right? Um, the momentum is speeding up into the fall and into the winter and into 2022. And, and astrologically, that perfectly correlates with like the Pluto return of the United States and all of that kind of stuff too. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, that's why I don't like to put, you know, I used to say like, oh, this isn't going to happen in our lifetime. Like the dollar won't collapse in my lifetime or blah, blah, blah. But I stopped saying that kind of stuff because um, who really knows? Like we, we, the, the momentum is just speeding up so quickly and like the technocrats and these rituals, people are stopped. They're, they're essentially not consenting to them at such a high rate that it's almost like there's this, how I picture is like this last grasp for control of like, what can we do? What can we do? What what can we do? And um, I don't think that momentum is slowing down, I think it's speeding up. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: They've done a good job at you know, like I, it's weird. I don't know if you do this as well, but I kind of, I study what they're doing just objectively, right? Like all, all around, I think this is an interesting, interesting sociological study just to see how all of us as humans are navigating this, but then to watch them, like, I remember last year going, wow, like, if we all ran our businesses the way they planned this out, we would all be billionaires too, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's—I don't mean in the way that they did it, but um, mm-hmm. they're definitely dedicated to their plan. They're very meticulous. They're, you know, steadfast. They just stick with it. They can pivot. Um, and even like you said, with with all of this stuff, right? Like, they're the counterintelligence they have for us and and the mass awakening that's happening right it's pretty astounding to watch how Mm -hmm. how much um they've got their pulse on that and just this morning actually i heard uh who was i talking to there was was um Oh, my naturopath, and she's been having I don't know if you've heard of this, but like we have all these Wi-Fi related things now in our house, right? Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, washer and dryer Wi-Fi microwave and stuff. people have been having um, appliance explosions in their home in the middle of the night not using these things.
2: Oh wow, and
1: uh, the theory is that they're you know there there's a reason why they want these kind of things in our home and you don't even have options anymore. like if you had to replace. Let's say a microwave. At this point, you wouldn't even have the option of anything but a Wi-Fi oriented one as a brand new thing. For example, wow. right? Yeah. But the the degree that they're willing to go to to get inside our homes, get inside of our minds, the way that they present even those kind of things, right? Like, look at this microwave. Why would you want anything else? Look at all, you know, like yeah. And, and we we buy it, right? It's it's pretty astounding. So. Aside from gold and silver, what else can we be keeping in mind as far as preparing for a potential, well, especially for if the internet goes down for a, a significant period of time?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I really think just like contemplating your survival in general has, has been a really um, healthy thing to do over the last year or so. And I actually learned that from um, my therapist. <laughs> um, you know, she said, you need to really contemplate your death a little bit more. Cause, it, and I never really thought about that cause I never considered myself someone that was scared of death, but it really puts your life into perspective and it really like makes you just live your life different. So um, I think if ne- if not by now, like contemplate contemplate your survival in, in a um, solution oriented way, of course not in this like doomsday like we're all gonna die kind of thing but but we've in the western culture we've been our lifestyle has been so like cushy our lifestyle has been so like padded for our comfort to have every little inconvenience we could possibly have completely eliminated from our lives right like i'm at a point we're at we're at a point in civilization where like i can click a button. And someone comes and delivers something on my door, the next day or two days later or something. You know what I mean. So when you and and when you put that kind of lifestyle into perspective on how the rest of the world is living, um, there there has to be a reconciliation of energy at some point. Um, there can't be this like misbalance of this energy for so long, um, especially because a lot of our lifestyle is essentially. Um, like possible and um, like perpetuated by the exploitation of the people making those products, right? And the exploitation of the earth and things like that. So there's going to be like this balancing out this reconciliation of energy. And I think what that would look like for a lot of people that have been used to a middle class or upper middle class lifestyle that would look like your survival you needing to contemplate your survival a lot more than you've ever contemplated your survival in your whole life right um and i don't think that that's a bad thing i think for humanity that's like a really healthy thing actually and yeah that's really the only other thing i have because um i can't really predict like you know as far as like what our priority my priority would be at that point if the internet went down obviously i wouldn't have a business or my business would be severely limited um, if my computer didn't have access to the internet, right? Um, but who knows if I would even care at that point. At that point in our in our society and in our in our civilization, would that be my number one priority? Or would my number one priority probably be survival? It'd probably be survival. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I
1: know it's tricky. The The other week, you know, we're speaking about you listening to intuition. I posted in all my groups and asked for people's cell phone numbers, right? And said, mm. look, this isn't for marketing. This won't be for marketing. This will just right. be, I just said something. I didn't want to create panic because I don't want, because people think that I'm maybe picking up on something. So I don't want them to get too crazy about it. But uh, I just said, look, like we don't know what's going to happen in the twilight zone. And in the event that we ever have a internet shorter or like the internet goes down I'm gonna want yeah. to be your touch point and send you messages and make sure you're okay and and that kind of thing and people were all over it but yeah I've been thinking about that too like I never thought in a million years I'd have to talk like a prepper we have got walkie-talkies we have got a, a, a solar-powered generator we've got a gas generator we've got yeah. a solar-powered um, what do you call it chainsaw because we live in in a forest right Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: um I've got I don't know I think a good five years worth of freeze-dried food now saved Mm -hmm. and like all and I know my husband looks at me like I am a total kook because but I just why like I don't want to wake up and have and go oh I knew this was coming. I probably should have prepared for this. Now I'm out of luck, right? All the writing's on the wall. People are going to restaurants and they're closed early because they don't have enough staff. There's already governments, including our government in Canada, that's buying up food and letting it rot so that they can create this, mm. you know, food shortage, but pretend that it's just a, a supply chain issue. And I'm sure they'll right. blame it on the unvaccinated, right? And that's happening in other countries, by the way, too. Um, but yeah, it's, we've got so much and I still feel like we have the potential to be sideswiped by something that we don't even see coming.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, I'm glad you brought up like the unvaccinated, like blaming on the unvaccinated too, because, um, those of us that are choosing not to do that also have, we, we have another layer of risk involved, like. Um, I think that it's like the division is so strong already that, um, those of us choosing not to be vaccinated for this particular inoculation, um, need to kind of like double down on that too. Right. And really, really prepared to be ostracized from society. And, um, back in December or actually in like September or October of last year, I had a vision of like a split and um, like a timeline split. And I know that that's been prophesized a lot with like um, the Hopi traditions and the Mayan traditions and things like that, where, you know, essentially like prophesizing new earth. Um, but I really saw this, like, essentially the split in hum- humanity. And I don't know if that's a physical split. I don't know if that's like by like physical location or like we will physically be separated from the rest of society or whatever, but um, I didn't have like the context to know that it would be like a vaccinated versus unvaccinated type thing, or, or um, how I'm looking at it is people that want to continue, into, continue on with the current system that we've already had, or people that want to create a new system, right? Um, a new system based on freedom and liberty and sovereignty and individual sovereignty. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. I just think that the more we can focus on like what we are looking to create, like if that if that situation actually happened, right? If we do become so ostracized from society that we're not able to utilize public services or go to restaurants, some cities you can't already in in like New York and stuff in Portland and stuff like that. Um, you can't go to certain events unless you show proof of the vaccine. Like if it becomes this like point, this critical point where, you know, people just completely start to remove themselves from society. There's so many of us that we will form a new society and we will create something new. And, um, I find a lot of like comfort in that actually, because I really think that those people that are already thinking like maybe more of the prepper mentality, even though I'm totally with you, like I would never would have thought I'd be like that. My, my parents were always like that, but I, you know, I always kind of brushed it off until recently. Um, Like we will create something new and those people are already so much, um, so much more prepared for that in my perspective, because we are the ones essentially rejecting the government system. We are the ones rejecting more support from the state, whereas the quote unquote other side or people that, you know, don't want they want to continue operating with the current system the current system is just going to lead to complete state control and um eventually transhumanism and eventually like just this really matrix-like reality and um they've really done a good job of trying to get people dependent on the government and try to get people dependent on the state um especially like in the united states with like the eviction moratorium and Um, all of the different stimulus checks and all of that kind of stuff. It's really like this kind of like bribery into like here that we'll take care of you, we'll take care of you. And I think people that are rejecting that are people that are like true leaders, right? People that don't need to be led by these elected officials or these elected politicians, people that are actually feel comfortable leading their own lives and take not only that taking complete responsibility for themselves right hundred percent responsibility rather than putting it off onto some random entity or some third-party entity saying they'll take care of me you have to take care of yourself you know so i think if it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if all of us that are taking responsibility for our lives and our health right now are like starting a new society together wouldn't be the worst, and I don't think it's unrealistic either. I think it's very realistic that that's going
1: to be our fate totally. You know, as you're talking, it, it reminds me. So, there's a woman in Canada named Susan Stanfield, and so if any of you don't know Susan, you definitely want to follow her. She's probably the biggest honey badger right now in Canada, and I have mad respect for her and what she's doing. She's been she got fake arrested and asked to strip in front of cops under a fake arrest to harass like all kinds of things. But one of the things that's happened is she's been evicted a few times by her landlords and she has to keep Mm -hmm. moving further and further away from the city because they come after the landlords, just like with these businesses that were opening last year, you know, they would go after the landlord, right. To shut Mm -hmm. off the the water and the electricity and stuff to force the, the space to close. And I know other people that have had their liquor license threatened. And and that's a big deal. Like, it's really hard to run a restaurant if you're not selling alcohol, right? Like, that's a big, big cash injection to your business. And um, yeah, the lengths they go to, you know, there's, I drove when I was driving home today from the gym, we have what's called the People's Party of Canada here, which is essentially like, Right, like the same Mm -hmm. philosophy of what of what we would have. Now I believe the founder of that party is is um is a Freemason Decepticon and he's just being controlled up, you know, playing the part of controlled opposition. But something because I've been saying for the last few years that I wanted to get into politics, which Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. odd, right? But I was like, maybe, maybe the way to dismantle the system is to get inside of it. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: you know, but there's, there's a lot of risks that come with that as well. Right. So then I have to weigh that out with, it's not just me, it's my family. It's so interesting. Right. To think about, because in a lot of ways, just us being here and anchoring light is enough, right. If we look at it spiritually speaking, but I think those of us that are leaders feel this need to like, we're not, we, even if we're doing everything we can, there's still this feeling that we're not doing enough because we Mm -hmm. can feel, the timeline closing in right and we can right. feel these various things so so how do you is you I know you coach a lot of people like how do you coach people around this feeling of I'm doing enough I'm not doing enough what more can I do how can I wake up more people you know the typical things that we're probably hearing in our communities
2: yeah yeah um so The first thing on that, um, am I not doing enough, or the feeling of not doing enough, I think a lot of our ideas around doing enough come from a a Masonic patriarchal system to begin with. Um, The idea that our actions and our essentially our labor are... um, are like the best way to get something done. I think that that's really a, like that's essentially been programming for us programming that people adopt throughout like the public school system and all that kind of stuff that lead people to sitting in cubicles, doing work for a CEO for like, you know, 40 years or something like that. Right. Like, it's all about like that, like the cubicle just being like a cog in the system, um, create, creating a task, creating a task that when we unplug from that, we're, most of us are going to feel like we're not doing enough. Like I felt like that ever since I quit my job, like that I'm not doing enough. Right. I've, I felt like that almost every single day that I always could be doing more because we have such, we have such deep programming around, um, what our actions look like and our, our physical actions are so much more heavily weighted than like the energy that we're bringing to a situation. So I love that you said, like, we are just anchoring light and that already is enough. And I think that that's really all some people are here to do is anchor the light. They're n- maybe they're not here to um, create the structures. Maybe they're not structurally minded. Maybe they're not like execution wise. They're not um, business minded in that way. Um, those people are still super valuable. Those people that are just utilizing their energy to anchor in this new light grid. That's still a really valuable position to have. Um, I think that um, people like us, we're, we're almost kind of like the bridges in between that, right? We're almost creating and holding these structures for people to do that more and for people to um, bring more light in, right? Um So the other question is how do I stop waking people up? And I think that so many people in my community are in that position where their friends and their family members, people that they're personally close to have, think they're crazy basically. Right. And that's really why I started the open mind societies because it's like a bunch of us, like quote unquote, weirdo conspiracy theorists, which we're really not. We're all educated, psychically developed. We're all like, you know, seeing other dimensions, you know, we're all like, emotionally intelligent, mature, all of that kind of stuff, but to society or to, um, the quote unquote normies, we are crazy conspiracy theorists or we're weirdos or whatever. Um, I love to tell people that you actually don't need to wake people up. You actually need to stop waking people up because that is a conscious choice. You can't violate someone's free will. And if someone's free will is to decide not to listen to the information that they're being provided, that's really not how people wake up anyways, right? They don't wake up through information, typically. Um, they don't wake up through just knowledge. They wake up through um, and. and energetic or a soul blueprint process that they need to consent to and they need to decide to step into. So I think when, um, people like us and people that are awake and looking to share their light and looking to build their business and share their message, The best thing that you can do is just start talking to people that are already at your level and sharing what your specific skill or your specific frequency with people that are already understanding you on that kind of level. And instead of taking your message and like dumbing it down for the masses, just talk at your level and the people that aren't awake to it are just going to be curious about it. And who knows that might be enough to like spark something within them. Um, but I think the less we focus on like trying to wake people up, the like the more the energy of that like gets lifted, and the more the those unquote quote unquote unawake people, um, which is really like consciousness that's just dormant, right? It's like consciousness that they're waiting to step into. It's just dormant energy more than anything. It's just like kind of like the blind acceptance of an, an old system rather than how I was always taught is question authority, question why everything is happening, question why everything was happening that ended up being a skill that led me to my awakening because I was never really permitted to just not question what was going on or not question authority. But, um, a lot of people have a lot of programming to break in that area. Um, so stop trying to wake people up, just, um, allow like shine and shine in your light and shine in your message. And then, allow those people that are inevitably those people are seeing you your friends and family members that are going to be calling you crazy are also going to see like on my social media they're also going to see hundreds of people that I'm connecting with that think the exact same way I do and that's like confirmation bias right maybe we are right maybe we aren't the crazy people because are thousands and thousands and thousands of us there's probably millions of us right so the more that we can change that narrative of who the, who the crazy conspiracy, conspiracy theorists are, and you know that we're all like um, QAnoners, you know, waiting for Trump's return. And like the kind of, I um, can't tell you how many times I've been called a, a, a right-wing extremist for just like my opinions about um, being a free person and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just really hilarious how people put you into boxes around things. Um, and I think that also when you take those labels, right. Um, someone calls me a right-wing extremist or a hardcore Trump supporter or something. And I, I take that label and I don't need to reflect it back. I don't need to deflect it back to that person. I actually just let that them. Um, I let that label like mirror back what they're actually trying to say to themselves. It becomes this really powerful process where you are not, Um, needing to defend your beliefs in any way. You just get to be yourself and you just standing so firm in who you believe you are and your beliefs trigger, uh, There, it's just, it triggers people naturally. It naturally triggers people. and, And that's where their awakening process can actually start because it's not the relationship of me trying to tell you something. It's you calling me a name and that not changing anything about me or anything about how I view myself. And then you deal with those consequences that you just called me that label or you just called me that name. Right. So that was kind of a long winded answer to what you had to say. But um, it's this oh, really interesting dynamic that- between this. um like we're all, we all need to really take stands as individuals. And, um, the biggest change that we're going to make is usually with like our social circle, with like our coworkers, our friends, our family, of course, connecting with strangers on the internet that part- patronize in our business. And, um, we come become colleagues and friends with, of course, those are important things, but the, the strongest impact I feel like I've had is just being completely myself and being willing to stand out and be the weirdo in my social circle and being willing to ostracize myself and, and be called all of those names within my social circle and letting that label mirror back, whatever that means for the individual. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I lo- I'm just having a flashback and I'm sharing it just in case it touches anyone else like back in grade seven and eight sometimes I think grade six and I think every generation goes through this where you have this like social pouncing on each other, right? Where one minute people are your friend and then the next minute they're not. And all of a sudden you're a pariah. And, um, and so I certainly participated in that, but I definitely got it pretty bad in, um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in grade eight, especially. And I made a point, fortunately I was in baseball and gymnastics and various things. So I had friends that existed outside of my school so my first thing was like, as much as I was hurt, I was like, well, that's okay. I know other, people. like, I didn't even say it to them. I just went and had a life. Well, oh my goodness. Did they ever come back and beg me to join their circle again and want to hang out and so on? Cause I was so, but I think that must've prepared me for this time. You know, when we look back on our life and those pivotal things that shape us for how, cause people ask me that all the time, how are you able to just speak without apology? And I think there's, it's a lot of things. Some of it, like you said, is just a level of emotional maturity you develop. Like I don't need anything from people. So I don't need them to hate me. I don't need them to like me. I don't need them to be apathetic. I don't need them to what they, you know, but um, and then additionally, I worked in forensics for years. So I'm used to knocking on people's doors saying, Hey, I have to see you in court. And I'm used to I'm used to being in a confronting position, right? So I've developed a thicker skin. I think martial arts arts helped a lot as well. When I think about some of these things, I'm just sharing them in case it helps anyone else tune in. But I, I have often wondered like how, how were all of us subjected to the same indoctrination relatively speaking? I know there's a small percentage of people that may be listening and your parents, thank God, didn't throw you into the the system. Right. But how were people like you and I able to, to survive the indoctrination and still come out of that free thinkers because they worked really hard to try and hypnotize us into that system. How is it that a good chunk of us came out of that unaffected you know, relatively speaking and others just really drank the the Kool-Aid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is an interesting question. I mean, I think that, um, everyone has a unique soul path and, um, some people weren't, aren't meant to wake up from it, maybe. Right. Like, yeah, that is a really interesting question because, um, it's kind of like saying people, people deserve it or something. It's like saying like, Oh, well you deserve to do that. Cause that's how, what you chose. And I don't mean it to sound like that harsh, but I just think that, um, we all have different life le- like lessons of why we came into this life and we incarnated us at a specific period for a specific reason. So we really can't, I, I don't know. We can't like deny that. And if, if someone doesn't feel that strongly about their life and a strongly about their life purpose, and they think they're just here to, um, go with what was handed to them and go with kind of not question anything and just go along with life. It could be a good life, right? Like it, it really could. It's, I think it's much easier today to just kind of go along with things and not question them than it, than it actually is to take a stand in like the non-popular opinion or the minority opinion on something. Um, and I think that that's even more important why people like us need to speak up and need to take a stand, because I think that there are so many people that are just going along with what everyone else is doing. And as soon as the majority tips to 51% of people are throwing their masks away, 51% of people are you know, not participating in this system, not participating in this bullshit anymore then the majority will turn over to us. Right. But right now we're viewed, we're, we're the, the um, propaganda and the media is trying to make us ostracized from society because that's how you would, that's how they keep their business. That's how they, they keep everything going for themselves and, and acting in their own self-interest. So Yeah. I don't know why some people are are just maybe like trapped under this, but I think everyone eventually does reach like an awakening or an enlightenment process. Um, everyone does wake up to a certain degree, but, um, there's also so much more, um, in place to keep our consciousness limited these days too, right? Like we, the internet really opened up all of these channels for information, and really facilitated this awakening. So I hate to like um, talk shit about technology because technology really did facilitate like us being able to communicate all over the world. Like even you and I communicating right now, right? Like we would have had to make a 2,000, 2,500 mile journey or send a letter or whatever to try to communicate with each other. And now we could just get to do it like that. So Not all technology is bad, but I also think that, um, there's so much more in place now to limit our consciousness. And that's really strongly what I feel about this vaccination is that, um, it's there to limit our heart coherence. I think the human's heart coherence was getting so intelligent that, um, something needed to be done to like change the energy field of our heart because our heart is our, where our intuition is and where our um, energy field like stems from. So, um, there's so much more like essentially trying to keep us down these days like that it, it is just like easy to kind of fall into it. I think if you're not paying attention or um, if you just like the life that you have and you don't see anything wrong with what's going on, right? You don't see anything wrong with 30, 40% of your income being taken to go blow people up in the Middle East. If you don't see anything wrong with that and you just because your Alexa can order a fucking, whole foods for you to get delivered to your door. And, you know, you never have to leave your house and you just get to like, uh, uh, you're, you you do not even have to drive a car anymore. You can just sit in your car and the car drives you around. Right. Like, um, cons- consumerism has played this part in this, um, uh, like trying to keep us pa- consciousness padded in and trying to keep us distracted with like the, the material niceties of our life. And, um, For some people, that's not a bad, that's a good life. That's what they would consider a good life. And that's what they would consider um, a happy life, right? So not everyone, I don't think, um, gets to the point where they are like ready to reject that because that would mean that Everything that they know about their current reality has been fake up until this point. And I think the human brain wants nothing more than to be consistent. And when we're inconsistent with our own belief system and we're inconsistent with ourselves, we have like an ego breakdown. And if someone isn't ready for an ego death and someone isn't ready to experience what that transmutation actually feels like, then they're going to always avoid it and avoid it and avoid it and fall into like self-sabotage around the awakening that's just right there in front of them because it is a more difficult choice to make than just laying back and letting Alexa take, take it from here, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alexa. <laughs> you know, it makes me think we, um, Kimberly Gunter is a good friend of the podcast and an amazing woman. And she talks a lot about how we do have to acknowledge how we have benefited from the system. And to your point, like you and I speaking right now, and all of you listening, we wouldn't have this without technology. So it's, it's one of those weird dances we have to do, right? Where we have to figure out how to benefit from the system in order to Mm -hmm. basically take down the system. I even think when you mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, this consumerism was such a great psyop for them as well. Like we weren't consuming anything to the degree that we're consuming now until what, probably late 90s early 2000s I would think
2: yeah I you know, think my it was mom
1: still oh, go ahead. my mom still has her blender from the 70s and they oh, wow. were like <laughs> what do you call those with the their like the cake batter thingies what do you call that the mixer thingy right from oh yeah cakes yeah and stuff. but she still got her blender she still got her can opener and stuff because back then you weren't consuming you bought what you right. needed it was supposed to last you a really long time and then all of a sudden, the quality started going down. And then all of a sudden, you're lucky if you have a blender that lasts you two years and a coffee maker that lasts you two years and things like that. And yeah. then now, fast forward, they're making us wrong for consuming. But we didn't know we needed to consume, but for them telling us and hypnotizing us, right, through advertising and whatever that we needed to consume. Just an interesting yeah. dance, right, of, of how that happens. So I know that because you're intuitive, you have a sense of some things that, you know, may be coming down the pipeline, ways that we can prepare energies. We want to be aware of portals potentially that are opening, you know, all the, all the woo things. So what are you seeing, let's say over the next six to 12 months of what's coming down the pipeline?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly just seeing like a, um, a continuation of the awakening that's already been occurring. Um, but I think that it's going to look so much different than it looked <clears throat> Excuse me, like at the beginning of COVID, um, the beginning of COVID, I feel like was like this initiation for people or like this. Um, sh- some people were just like shook up and, and it came to their senses. But I see I see a lot more unity, um, maybe not within like the groups that were being pitted against or the groups that are um, told to dislike us or anything like that. But um, I see a lot more people of like less separation more of a breakdown of the division between like races and religions and all of that kind of stuff, breaking all of that down, and more of a unity between um, consciousness and um, values. Right. So like a le- uh, less division, but also more division at the same time, but less division over things like race and gender and um, all of that, and religion and all of that kind of stuff, and more unity around um, the consciousness level. Mm-hmm. That's really what I see. But I don't, I also think it's going to be kind of like turbulent too. Like I'm prepared for it to be turbulent. Cause I also think that, um, I feel things are speeding up, things are speeding up, things are speeding up and, um, what's happening in the micro is always happening in the macro. And that paired with like the astrological, um, events that are predicted or, you know, that are kind of planned out or mapped out over the next couple of years. Um, It's, it's like just beginning this wild ride. And this is really where the people that it's really where I think a lot of people that have been on the fence about whether or not they are here for their spiritual gifts and whether or not they're like here for a specific purpose. This is where people get off the fence. And this is where people really decide that they're going to embrace their spiritual gifts because um, the momentum can't be stopped. And that's where I find a lot of like peace with everything that's happening is this, um, this isn't, it's too, we're the snowballs rolling down the hill too fast that no force is really going to be able to take this out. And especially because we are the light, um, we really don't have anything to worry about except like, imp- like bringing more people in and bringing more people in, and bringing more people in and like, um, Bridging that over with like unity consciousness and allowing those that want to want the division and allowing those that want the old system and the old matrix to play out and want people like me socially ostracized and called an extremist and a terrorist and all of that kind of stuff, um, allowing them to um, still be in their same reality and not intervening in that way. But at the same time, like almost like a mass gathering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. I know we,
1: you know, there's a lot of people that are still resisting the snowball, right? It's it's moving too fast down the hill. Like that's exerting a lot of energy to try and stop it at this point. Yeah. So we can get out of its way, you know, move to the side, study it, figure out, you know, how we're going to navigate that. One of the things that I love about what you talk about, because I'm also thinking about what's the future of business, particularly in the online space. And you and I are both of the opinion that uh, the more we speak our truth, the easier it is to do business because like my business, I didn't even know this, but my financial advisor, he looked at my numbers because I just don't look at them anymore. Right. I'm just all about answering prayers. How many prayers is the business going to answer today? Mm -hmm. But this time last year, I'm up 256%. Did I sell anymore? Mm -hmm. Did I market anymore? Did I do anything different? In fact, I probably did far less Mm -hmm. but I do believe it's because I'm such a honey badger for truth. Right. And I'm modeling for people how to be standing in their sovereignty. I I know you are as well that I get people all the time asking to do business with me. And it's never on the posts that are like, Hey, contact me. If it's always the post where I just let it rip, like my opinion on masks or my opinion on, you know, Freemasons or whatever I'm going to say and, and just leave it at that, that people, feel uh, because I think what people are looking for at least in my opinion I'd love your thoughts on this they're looking for allegiance and they're looking for alliance right Mm -hmm. so if they sense that there's like a a shared virtue or a shared principle right Mm -hmm. even higher than values like I think it's alignment Mm -hmm. of virtues and principles that I'm Mm -hmm. seeing people are are uniting and maybe in other in you know 2019 and before, maybe we wouldn't have connected the same way because right. we wouldn't have had the opportunity to see so clearly, right? But I know the same is true for you. So I'd love to hear your perspective on how you just show up and let it rip on social media. Yeah, definitely.
2: Know. Well, I mean, and it took um, you know, to like speaking on personal development work and stuff, it, it took a lot to get to the point where it felt physically safe for me to be able to speak in this way. Um, I worked with a therapist, which I already brought up, but, um, that, that was a lot of work. That was really like a throat chakra activation for me, but also working with coach, um, Brandon Marshall, I don't know if you've heard of him, um, but he's, he has basically helped me with, um, so much about speaking my message and the fear that comes with that. Um, because my business is only about like 25% coaching. My accounting business is like my primary income or, um, you know, the, the bread and butter of my income. And so something I always, which is incidentally a service that I haven't advertised in over four years, literally don't talk about it's completely referral based. Don't even know. I haven't even updated my website for that. And I don't know how long it's just kind of, um, has a momentum of its own. But a thought that I had probably about a year ago is that I'm going to lose accounting clients. I'm going to lose clients in this field because people are going to see my I'm not I'm not going to be the um, pretty princess. Uh, you know, I'm so professional and here's how I'm appearing to you. And I just you know fit in so perfectly with your business's aesthetic that you're not going to want to hire me to do, um, you know, do your bookkeeping or do your accounting. Most of my all of my clients are online coaches in this space. So it was definitely a concern I had, or like a fear I had, like my survival is at stake or my financial comfortability is at stake because what if I speak out and then all of my clients decide they don't want to work with me because it's not like aligned with their brand or they don't want um, to be associated with me. Right. Um, but actually the opposite has been true, even in that aspect of my business, my coach, the coaching side of my business has completely grown, um, but the accounting side of my business has too, because I think that despite my controversial opinions, that actually a lot of people agree with, but they're never going to publicly agree with it because it's not the politically correct thing to do. Right? Um, there's a frequency of authenticity there that really can't be duplicated by um, by someone that's trying to just appear professional and pretty and a princess and you know look at me. Uh, all of that kind of stuff, like um, trying to appear a certain way, then you're not versus being complete, completely yourself, um, showing your, your authentic personality, talking the way you normally talk, using the words that you, were norm- you would normally use, and then saying the things that you've been called to say, like there is such a unique frequency of authenticity there that just can't be duplicated. And I think above anything else, that's what people are desiring right now is someone that's authentic someone that is no bullshit, someone that is just like completely themselves. And, um, whether or not that like, um, the, my opinions align with other people's, I think that that has been the number one thing that has grown my business. Cause I'm, um, similar to you. Like my business has grown a lot this last year. It's, um, I've already, you know, in six months I made what I made all of last year. So it's, um, the momentum is speeding up with that too. And I've coded money to show up through my self-expression. I've, I've um, brainwashed myself and programmed myself that money shows up the more authentically I speak the opinions I feel called to speak. If you don't feel called to speak these strong opinions, then maybe that's not how money is supposed to show up for you. But I can't deny like the correlation is there that the more I speak up about this kind of stuff, the louder I get, the more money I make. And it's working so far. And um, I think that um, if people have a message and they feel because my experience with this was I, w- I had things to say about the Federal Reserve, about taxes, about all of that kind of stuff. I had so much stuff to s- about Freemasons, Reptilians um, all of that kind of stuff. I had so much to say about it. And I kept so quiet about it for years, like literally three years where I was just like, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. So for me, the last 12 months really is how long I've been talking about this kind of stuff has just been this like opening and this, like unleashing of all of my ideas. And, Um, The catharsis that comes from that. And I think that whatever that looks like for whoever's listening to this, whatever that particular transformation looks like for you, that's probably the key to your next level of success is like whatever you've been holding back on, just like leaning into it more. And um, for me, that is just like speaking my mind and talking about the things that I've wanted to talk about. But also, there's no better time to be to think like this. Like there are so many people that are seeking this knowledge. And that's like a really great mindset shift too. rather than viewing the masses as um, you know, these unawake dormant people that are never going to see the truth. They're never going to see the light and all that kind of stuff. Um, viewing them as like that group of people is, is losing viewership and is losing members on a daily basis. And more people, more and more people are seeking information. So there's really never a better time to speak up about this kind of stuff um, if you feel called to do so. And I think that that's even more of an affirmation for both of us, like you and me, that that's how we're, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now if it wasn't financially successful for us, then, you know, maybe it would be a little bit more of a difficult decision, but it just so happens that those two things correlate. We're being more financially supported. If you think of this, like God blessing us or the universe blessing us, or however you want to view it, the more we're financially supported, the more we can dive even deeper into this work. And we can't ignore that correlation that's happening, you know, otherwise, you know, the, uh, I would like to say the decision would be different, but, um, yeah, I think that, um, that's another benefit of like, have, um, starting to dr- transition into your own platform and starting to view the, um, get on different social media platforms and stuff like that to listen to podcasts like get connected with people in a way that isn't just Facebook and Instagram because you really just, or Twitter, um, cause you really just like completely open your, your mind up to, Um, all of these different ideas and all of these different people that maybe they've been banned from Facebook for five, 10 years, or, you know, since Facebook started, right. They've been banned from it or they haven't been allowed to post on Instagram for a couple of years. Like there's so many people like that. And um, there's so many people like that to connect with. And the more we can build those communities, I don't see how it's not going to be financially beneficial for everybody because, um, that's it's just the new economy, right? Like that is the new we are creating this new economy based on those people and people want to partake and um, pay money to the people who their values are like you said, the principles. I love what you said about the principles being higher than values and stuff. like um, I don't think people want to pay fake people anymore. I don't I don't think people want to pay the public figure that has not said one word about mandatory vaccinations or COVID or anything like that but you know they're gonna they're gonna help you have all of these brand name bags i don't think people want to pay those people anymore i think people want to pay people like us who have integrated this awakening knowledge are still financially like you know comfortable and, and abundant And still have abundance consciousness and show them how to create a business with, like, that is really authentic to where the world is going, not just kind of like turning a blind eye from it for um, maintaining political correctness or maintaining a certain image, you know? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) Again, a long-winded answer.
1: No, no. I think it's great. The reason why I want to bring it up is because I know there are people listening. Like I've had people tell me that because they've listened to the show and listened to my perspective on masks and complacency, making you complicit and stuff that they've stopped wearing their mask, for example. Right. Ah. So I know that, that what we're saying here can impact people. And, um, you know, like I can say for me, and I only know this because people will say, I read your post the other day about blah, blah, blah. And I had been wanting to work with you for a while but that post really made me want to reach out and find out about X. So each post that I put out that is like what we're talking about it's going to be at least a mid five figure or six figure post each time I do it. And I maybe do it about once a week. Like I wait until it's really good and it's like some other energy comes over me and says, you have to post this. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have to post this, but it, it inevitably converts really well. And I don't do it for that reason. I don't know what's going to happen to those posts. I just have such a compelling, you know, pull to put them out there, but I'm sharing this because, you know, there are people that do want to express themselves and they don't, they haven't given themselves permission yet. And they need some people modeling that for them. So for those of you that are not connected with Jacqueline on social media, I definitely recommend that because she is going to tell it to you straight for sure. But also, (laughs) well, but I don't know if you find this, like I've never, I had someone call me a fool last year. I posted a Beatles cover album with a bunch of decapitated bloody babies on it. And I'm like, okay, guys, can we acknowledge that this isn't normal art? Can we acknowledge that maybe there's something going on here? And I wasn't following Q and all the stuff. I just know what they're really about, right? And one woman said something like, oh, you're one of those q tards, and you look like a fool. Well, I didn't even have to say anything to her. Because my whole thread, like everyone on the thread just pounced on her. And we forget that, right? Because there's always someone looking for an argument, by the way, on both sides. There's always someone looking to to right fight. But I've never had to respond to any of these people. In the rare occasion that I even get someone commenting like that, right? Uh, Because everyone else on the post is usually pouncing on them. And so they kind of take care of it for me, right? I don't need to give it my energy.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you
1: find the same thing.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, yeah, I've been called some names for sure. Um, but the, usually the thing that we're the most scared of happening, like usually doesn't happen when we're Mm -hmm. right. Like what me, my mindset maybe like a year ago during this time was if I talk about this stuff, like I'm going to lose clients, like just going to the automatic worst case scenario. And I think when you get comfortable with the worst case scenario, Um, things just get less scary from there on out. What is the worst thing that can happen? You get canceled online by the angry mob. What, what that's, is really not that big of a deal, like in the grand scope of things. Right. And so I think the more you like welcome criticism, and I think the more you're just like energetically, like, I think it's an energetic output too. I think that when you're sitting there making a post, and you are in contraction energy and you're feeling the fear, but you're just like trembling while you're typing it. And then you're, you're posting it out of this, like almost like people pleasing kind of, um, wishy-washy tiptoeing energy. That's usually where you have people really coming, like coming at you or like trying to cancel you or trying to tell you you're stupid or anti Semitic, or all of the r- random crazy things, a uh, uh, right-wing extremist, blah, blah, blah. But when you're posting from an energy, or you're like creating content from an energy of like, I literally don't care what you have to say. Like it, it, it just doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my emotional well being or anything like that. Um, especially, I will say, especially after going viral on TikTok, I've been viral um, twice on TikTok where like my videos get like hundred thousand views or something like that. Um, that was so much more emotionally like hard for me because that was just like people talking about my physical appearance and stuff like that, like my eyebrows and all that kind of stuff. It was just like comment after comment about my eyebrows. Like to me, that was so much more like emotionally uh, sensitive for me. And it wasn't even, um, you know, it wasn't even relevant. It was like, I'm talking about business and stuff and people are coming at my physical appearance. To me, that's where, um, like that feels so much more emotional to me than someone coming after my ideas or something, someone coming after like what I'm, what I'm actually here to say. Like, if you actually believe in what you're saying and you, you firmly believe in it, then anyone disagreeing with you actually doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean anything about you. Right. And I recognize that like my eyebrows don't mean anything about me. And like what Gen Z thinks about how I look, doesn't mean anything about me either, but just comparing those two, like when you have those kind of experiences like facebook feels safe for me like facebook i can literally do whatever the fuck i want and it gives me like this unapologetic energy with it because it's like you, nothing i experience on this app is going to be half as bad as what i experience on tiktok so you, you know it's like this kind of like building up that thick skin and i hate to say that that's like the process of it but i think that um kind of like getting desensitized to other people's opinions because it just it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. The opposite is shutting up just to get paid. That's the opposite is let me just shut shut up about what I have to say and just be quiet and be a good little girl and just, you know, people please everybody and get paid from that energy. And that just like makes me want to vomit. Like I, I will not accept another dollar in my bank account that has that energy tied to it. You know what I mean? So it's like a, that's like a non-negotiable for me. Like I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And just to um, maintain an image to make money, like I physically can't do it. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I feel you. It's kind of painful, isn't it? Well, that leads nicely into the open mind society because I know you created that. Well, you can tell everyone why you created that. And then of course, how they can join you there if it feels aligned for them.
2: Yeah. So I, um, realized that myself and a lot of the people I'm connected with will, you know, probably at some point be banned from Facebook and Instagram. So I, and and I really decided that, um, I didn't, I was playing around with different platforms like Patreon and all of that kind of stuff, discord as well. And I decided I no longer wanted to deliberately create communities on apps that don't align with my values being like Facebook and Instagram, because they psychologically manipulate their users. They experiment on us, they sell our data, all of that kind of stuff. I decided I really didn't want to align my business utilizing those groups anymore or utilizing that kind of, um, I was trying to intentionally go out and create new communities specific for my business on Facebook anymore because prior to that I had um led all of my groups my for my um, coaching on Facebook and so I've been experimenting with these different platforms and then I had this uh, really a divine download there's no other way to describe it of um a community membership. So when a lot of people think of memberships, they think of like one creator and their audience. This, the Open Mind Society, right now we have eight different creators and um, and our members are people from connected with all of those different creators. And we're coming together on a free speech platform, which is Discord. Um, Discord is maybe a little bit censored, but not censored to the extent that the other apps that we use are. So what that looks like is really um, monthly content from all eight of our creators who are in the coaching space. We talk about psychic development. We talk about, um, gosh, so much is hard to like narrow down. Um, We talk about business. We talk about creating a new economy. But for this, for this to me, this is really, this project is about bringing together a group of people who want to. Um, align their business with people that share these values of freedom and self-expression. And um, it's an amazing community. So we have monthly content every month. We have the free speech community hosted in discord, and it's a really great way to align with people that think the way that you think that are not going to ostracize you for your opinions or not going to call you crazy for your opinions. But we also dive into heavily into the personal development, psychic development, Business development topics
1: as well. Cool. Yeah, sounds amazing. And um, we're gonna for everyone listening, we are gonna have a link in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about jotting down all kinds of URL, URLs and so on. Perfect. And then, if people do want to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or I don't even know if you're still on TikTok.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am on you, on TikTok. You chose My, to brave it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My personal handle is um, Luxem babe. So it's L U X O M babe um, on pretty much every platform. And then if you want to follow the open mind society on Instagram, we do have an, um, an Instagram page. It's just at the open mind society. And then my website is 5deconomics.com. And then if you do a backslash open mind, you'll see all of the information about the Open Mind Society. Um, we have live events every single month. Like I just um, did a live group coaching call. So the VIP membership is currently $79 a month. And that you basically get access to all of the content that we put out every single month and the library of the past recorded content as well. Um, So a lot of us do like live workshops, live calls, and um, it's a really like integrated, really engaged community. So it's, um, yeah, it's just amazing. There's nothing else like it. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) It sounds amazing. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom today. We uh, definitely dove deep into some areas and I know there's so much more we can talk about. So we'll definitely have to do it again. And thank yeah. all of you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you're taking away. Be sure to reach out to us
0: and we'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free Soul Acceleration System while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever-popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.